Alright, welcome back to the Root Issues Podcast, where we're gathering around the table to bridge the generational gap and discuss the root issues of our culture. As always, I'm Brian Matthew, with me Pastor Steve Woodrow and Pastor Chris Henderson. And we're here every Wednesday, just as a midweek jolt. Uh, we kind of recap what we talk about Sunday, but it's a deeper dive uh, for you to, to be able to engage your faith uh, midweek. Um, so Steve, this week we talked about silence. Mm. And you know, obviously we joked about what if we just started the podcast and just... Mm didn't talk yeah. and just to see what, what people would do. But do you just want to give us a little mm. recap of, of what you talked about silence on? on sure. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Chapter eight in uh, revelation, it, it talks about this half an hour that, uh, of silence, especially after we've come out of chapters four and five, where you have this, this, this amazing insight into the throne room and the worship that's going on 24 seven around the throne of God of the angels and all the other seraphim, cherubim, everything else. And all of a sudden, boom, we're into this silence in heaven. And, and, uh, you know, I think a, a spiritual principle for our lives is something big happens after silence. Like we see modeled here in revelation for us in our own spiritual life. Um, and we'll go to Psalm 46, maybe as we end this, uh, you know, God commands us, be still, know that I'm God. And to be still means it, it, you can't be still if there's noise, right? You, stillness and quiet and silence kind of go together, and that's part of the spiritual discipline. We see our Lord model for us, right, regularly. Um, but, boy, the forces, right, everything in our life is against that. Um, and we opened up with silence, and I think everybody really, it's awkward. I think, I don't know, I think Derek timed it or somebody did, and we were like seven or eight minutes of yeah. silence just before the Lord in uh, one of the services, uh, or, you know, both of them, but uh, uh, it's awkward, you know, um, and it's, uh, it's uh, uncomfortable, and it was cool hearing people's journey through that. At first, kind of awkward, and then slowly settle, heart rate comes down, and just to be able to rest and, and get the distractions away, and uh, it's something we've got to recover. Uh, one of the big things we op- opened up with um, <clears throat> is this idea of what do we do of what we do with silence could be the biggest indicator of the depth of our relationship with God. And I, I believe that to be true. Uh, and I think it's a great question for us when we're in discipleship or spiritual formation with people is really digging in. Hey, well, how's your time just being quiet before the Lord? You know, do you, what does that look like? Are you, you know, what are you filling the silence with? And are you able to be quiet before God, his word and, and listen and develop that? Uh, it, it, it's something we've got to restore, especially with our kids, right? And we can talk about that <clears throat> in a minute. But just a quick, uh, I think it's important to bring us up to speed where we're at in, in Revelation. You know, we start chapter 1, and John, <clears throat> the apostle, gets this incredible vision of Jesus, the revelation, the apocalypse from, from uh, Jesus to John to share with the church and to write it down, to prophesy. Uh, I guess this beautiful vision of the glorified Jesus um, that he, where he's at in heaven now. We move into chapters 2 and 3, which is a very personal letter from our Lord to his bride, to his church. Uh, again, especially in these times, I think what we have to heed is he's writing to his church, and those are seven churches that were organized that were gathered communities, not a bunch of scattered believers everywhere, mm-hmm. is the church gathers by definition. And we need to recover that today in our highly independent um, culture. Uh, and those are seven churches, so that's this global message to the church throughout history to heed this message, each one ended with, he who has, um, he who has the ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, let him hear. Uh, so again, that's that silence, that's that ability to listen, God, what are you saying? And, you know, many of us read the Bible, we go through the Bible in a year, all these kind of, wonderful, wonderful, but 
the piece that has to be added to that is the listening piece, the quiet. Lord, now speak to me, right, from your word. What do you have for me? And uh, <clears throat> then we moved into 4 and 5, the throne room of God. And as we talked about, uh, and Jesus is there in chapter 6. He is standing the lamb before the throne, and, and the Father has the scroll, which is the picture of of the mystery, it's the, we're going to talk about next week, the mystery of God uh, throughout the ages of how is he going to bring all heaven and earth together and uh, who's going to open this, who's going to accomplish, right, all this in the end. And only, there's only one worthy, and that's Jesus. It's what he did in his death, burial, resurrection for us. And so he takes the scroll, starts opening the seals. We get to the, and, the, and I think it's important, the seals <clears throat> are, are signs, uh, birth pains that are throughout history when the creation itself, Romans says, is all shaking. The, the issue, you know, when you see calamity happen out there, earthquakes, tornadoes, you name it, um, the, the intent of that ultimately is, wow, I need to look, am I humble before a sovereign God, right, and plead for mercy, <clears throat> and, and it should draw us to, to God, to the creator of all the universe, um, or it's going to do the opposite. It's going to move people away into more of a materialistic um, worldview or even anger against God, whatever it may be. And uh, so this is the birth pains. But then the se- the seventh seal, when he pops it, it opens up. And this is um, chapter 8. It opens us up. The seventh seal moves us now into judgments. Now the beginning, this escalation in the end to the wrath of God being poured out on the world, the judgment of God against the hardness of people's hearts and to bring the end of the day of the Lord, right, where God and Jesus comes to redeem his bride and to bring all things in heaven. Again, this is God's intent. He wants not heaven and earth to be separate. It never was to be that way, all the way back to the garden. We're all to be together in a new creation, and that's what God is working towards. And so, um, and then we move from chapter 8 it, it, with some of these first tr- um, trumpets, um, that are, are given. So uh, the seventh seal opens us up to the, the seven trumpet judgments, and things vamp up here. And then as we move into chapter nine, it really vamps up where the bottomless pit, the abyss is opened, and there's this release of, of demonic affliction on the world, which um, is, uh, it's horrific. And, and uh, you know, so we walk through this, and, um, and we just apply this idea of silence to what is happening with these trumpet judgments. Uh, and we said it is in silence that we learn to seek and surrender to the Lord's will. And uh, the first part of chapter 8 is beautiful. Please go take it and read it. It talks about the prayers of the saints. This is all the prayers of the saints that are in line with the will of God, going up before the throne <clears throat> in God. And, and so they're effective, right, in bringing the end. We see other places in Scripture. It's the prayers of God's people that help hasten the end. <coughs> and excuse me, and uh, uh, so it's it's silence, right, in in our prayer that adjusts our spirit to uh, the will of God. Um, if we're just busy, man, I'm in my flesh. I'm just in what my agenda wants to do. And uh, then we move from there. This idea of silence, and it is in silence that we are awakened to the heavenly realm and learn to set our mind on eternal things. So as we move into the the last trumpet judgments here, we see this. 
uh, and these aren't helicopters and all this kind of wacky stuff. This is full on, right? The the spiritual realm is stirred. It's awakened. As heaven and earth start to come, as the day comes, the heavenly realm is going to be stirred. There'll be more demonic activity, more spiritual. The spiritual realm will come alive, and it's either going to harden people's hearts or open people. And we see here, people, many people's hearts were hardened, but we see that God, these judgments are not complete. There's still room, even throughout the all the way here, for people to repent, to turn, just turn to him he's free right it, yeah. jesus is the the you know the seal of the holy spirit the sad thing is we get further into this we'll get into the mark of the beast and everything but those there is a time where people just sell out to the system of the world the mark of the beast 666 we've heard about that we'll talk about that mm-hmm. it's just a commitment to the world and, and to my agenda rather than surrender right to the seal of the holy spirit mm-hmm. And uh, boy, it, 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 it's it's um, some tough stuff that we will look at. But it's in silence where we're awakened. The Spirit of God awakens us to the spiritual realm. And a lot of people read this, and it's just so foreign because in the noise, my mind, and we, we screen time and everything, my mind is, is adjusted to uh, not be in tune with all that. And then the final one um, is it is in silence that we learn to, to be still before God and get his heart for the world. Uh, and it should shock us at the end when we see, even with all these things going on that are going to hit the earth, that people just reject the free gift of Christ mm-hmm. and uh, reject God and, and, and just want to hold on to, you know, somehow we're going to save the world. Somehow we as humans are uh, have the answers to life. Uh, it should motivate us to have a heart because God loves the world. He sent his son to redeem the world. He He's patient, right, for the end. It's 2,000 years gone by because he's patient and loving and he desires his church to have a heart for God's people uh, to bring the love of Christ out there to all tongues, tribes, and nations, right, um, in the world. So um, we can swing back. Maybe we can talk a little bit. And then I want to end, though, on Psalm 46 just because it ties in here so beautifully um, to under, help understand what's going on here. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I love this topic. I love actually the moments of silence and watching people kind of squirm a little bit and just figure out, like, well, I mean, it's almost like figure out who you are without the distraction and the noise. Um, you know, uh, recently, like there's a lot to unpack for silence, but recently I've been picking up my daughters from elementary school and, uh, you know, I get there early. I like to, you know, walk up to the school and actually like wait for them. And there's other parents there. And it's interesting to see the people who can't stand for five minutes without pulling out their phone and looking up something. But when you don't do that, the opportunity for conversation or, you know, especially as a Christ follower, like I get to actually commune and like talk and have fellowship with other people, whether, you know, whoever it is, um, just by not, not filling that space and, and kind of giving God the opportunity and, you know, to kind of move in that. So it, that for me has been helpful just to, to give myself that freedom. Yeah, it is shocking, isn't it? And we all are, are attuned to it, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just when you have spare time, you just reach for your phone yeah. and you look at everybody. Nobody's just saying, and so if you're not looking at your phone, then you're looking at other people. Right. Yeah. right, and you'll engage people and have a conversation. So instead, we've just lost this yeah. Yeah. in our culture. And, and boy, again, yeah. just as a parent, <clears throat> right? Yeah, we've we've got to help. Well, yeah. our kids see this, right? When be, the beauty, I know Chris and myself have both done this. We take kids to camp, yeah. uh, and at camp, you know, we we don't want them to have distractions. We want them to to have that full on experience. And so we take their phones away. The very be- first part of camp, like we pull up to camp, phones are all gone. And, you know, the anticipation of that, they're like all anxious. Like, what am I going to do without my phone? By the end of the weekend, most of them will say, I enjoy it. And one of my favorite parts was not having my phone on me and not feeling the obligation to 
be on social media to talk to friends or you know do whatever it's like i'm free to be whoever i'm supposed to be with that weekend um so it's it's cool even for kids to to not know what that looks like until it happens and you know as a parent like it kind of makes me think today as kids are getting younger and younger with cell phones Mm -hmm. i mean not judging anyone with a cell phone but like what does that look like to have time away from that yeah and how else are you going to be in touch with your soul Right with what's going on on the inside. Yeah. If you don't have so- time to think, time to really reflect without all the noise, you know. So uh, it's this is a key. This is super, super important issue for for the church. Right. This is spiritual discipline that we we've got to uh, incorporate into our discipleship process. Yeah. Now, I mean, you know, when I think about it, it is. It's like there is a loss of the spiritual disciplines in applying them, so that we can know God more. I mean. The, the first thing that can absent and slip from our mind is that God is good. Even as we see just culture and things change so much and so rapidly, we can forget that God is good. And it's like only in the silence that where you're completely trusting him and his voice. But I think, I think the culture has swayed so much to constantly pumping in media, pumping in noise, p- constantly on cell phones is because the only voice that people are hearing is the thief. And so in those silent moments, the thief's bombardments of to-do list and task and, you know, slanders against ourselves, judgment against ourselves, cause us to steer away from silence and not find the tune and the frequency that God is speaking on. Mm. And unless you hear, I mean, just go read John chapter 10, you know, our, his sheep know his voice. And so that's that's a that's a promise to everybody who's accepted Jesus Christ as Lord that they should cling to the fact that I know my I know my shepherd's voice. I can hear it. I can hear it, but it is a struggle and it does happen in the silence. And I mean, just growing up, there was so much silence in my house. And I think Elaine and I do a great job of having silence in our house. Like we're not telling kids like, Shh, don't talk. But you know, we're not always seeking to have some bad background music, you know, like whether it's worth music. The TV is not always on. We have such a limited amount of time for TV in our house. We have this ginormous TV that a property manager friend gave us. But, you know, it doesn't rule, you know, and then, you know, not to judge, but like, you know, I might go to my in-law's house or I go to my own parents' house and the TV is always on, even if somebody's not in front of it. You know, there's that feed, there's just that background buzz. noise. Yeah, it's just that background noise. And so it is. It's finding a way to make silence a discipline, something that's enjoyed, and something that is, like, purposeful. And so, yeah, it's a discipline. And yeah. I think it's a discipline that our culture is so hungry to steal from us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's like, you know, as a, a parent with young kids, sometimes, like, I feel like a lot of other parents were like, man, I, I just want some peace and quiet. And what that looks like, and sometimes that you know, you're you're uh, tempted to be like, oh, let me just do whatever I can to get my kids content, so I can have some peace and quiet. Which you know, that's it's human nature. Like you have young kids, it's yeah. loud all the time. But at the same time, like Chris is saying, like if we don't teach them and train them how how to be content without all the distractions, mm-hmm. and you know, it's basically you know, I was actually re- listening to a podcast the other day and it was saying um like if we don't teach our kids culture will uh, yeah. and even to the extent of like teaching them how to be silent yeah. and not and to ignore the voices of of culture and otherwise they're going to be bombarded 
throughout their entire life. Of Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good. Well, guys, I, I – uh, boy, Psalm 46 just hit me. I think it's just as we wrap up here, just to give folks, you know, something to um, – kind of maybe a practical piece of this. Um, I, I, Psalm 46, just as it ties into this chapters 8 and 9, uh, just the theme of the trumpet judgments and the silence in heaven and and uh, this movement towards the kingdom of this world becoming the kingdom of God, God fulfilling his purpose of uniting heaven and earth. Uh, this is such a, a, an encouraging um, psalm. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. So the right, this is hundreds of years, right, uh, uh, before, and uh, thousands of years, excuse me, and uh, um and we know that the psalmist, right, who's writing this is in tune with the bigger picture of what God is, is, is doing and the importance of stillness is, is getting a bigger view, a God-soaked view of the universe, of a, of a God who's in charge, rather than uh, this very myopic individual, even American, just American view of, of what's going on in the world. And I'll jump ahead to verse 10, be still. And know that I am God. That's a command of yeah. God to us. I will be exalted. And we usually stop right there yeah. and make it very individual, make it very quiet time. <laughs> oh, I need to be still before they God. Be still. No, no, no. Read the next, the whole verse. I will be exalted, God says, above, among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And um, boy, what does that mean? It means exactly, right, what's happening in Revelation. Right? Is it God will, the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of God. God will bring his, usher his in. Being still before him is getting his will, getting his plan, preparing our soul, resting in, uh, in God that he's got all this in his hands. And there's a real battle going on, right? The na- and if you read the rest of this thing, it talks about the raging nations, right? Is yeah. the kingdoms of the world are at war. And as the time it gets closer, uh, they will rally together and be more. And what do we see happening in our own nation right now? We're going to get into this when we talk about Babylon. Yeah. It's going to get kind of uh, interesting here in a few weeks. Um, we might get some calls, actually, about this. <laughs> but uh, So I think just the final thing I would leave is, uh, boy, we need to, in discipleship, need to uh, be available to walk with people and have someone walk with us right in this idea of silence because i think we need to ask some big questions uh we need to be humble enough to say hey well how what does that look like how Mm -hmm. do i invite the holy spirit into my silence how do i invite him in so he can lead me into the fellowship of the father how do i hear his voice you know so what do i do how do i get rid of the distractions what does it look like when this is part of spiritual formation and that only happens when we are in a committed group, right? Yeah. Like Jesus and the disciples, right? To uh, help each other along in our walk with Christ. So I would just encourage anyone out there, this is not an individual process. This is something that needs to be done in community, in discipleship. Uh, and this is spiritual formation, right? To yeah. learn how to be silent before God uh, in solitude, hear his word, right? Uh, and to rest in that and, and truly be still and know he is God, right? Which there's a lot that no word actually is very, drills down to intimate knowledge and fellowship. Yeah. I mean, last thing for me is like, you know, when I look at that beginning of chapter eight, because I mean, my vision of heaven is always 
there's the angelic realm that is always giving glory to God. And that goes back to my Michael W. Smith days, you know? You know, just You're old. Yeah, the glory, glory, glory <laughs> to the Lord most oh high, you know, that song. You know, that just kept, you know, that anthem is always being blessed upon God. And I almost have to imagine, like, when this happens in heaven, will those in tune to the spirit realm feel it? Because that is like there's this constant choir before God worshiping. But if heaven needs to go silent, yeah, something big. even more so, don't we need to go silent? Absolutely. And you it's know? a spiritual promise, blessing. You see it all through the scripture. Yeah. It, for those who practice, those who go into silence before God, alone with him, something big will happen. Yeah. God will respond. His promise is that he will draw near. Yeah. He will speak. He will infuse your life with, with his favor and with his will, something far greater than we could ever imagine. Those are the yeah. suddenly surprises of our life. But yeah. we're, many of us, and being myself, we're just too busy <laughs> right, to, to yeah. allow God to have time to come in. And even in our worship service, this is what we're trying to do with Derek, the worship team, provide space. Yeah. Man, the Holy Spirit, we need you to come. Yeah. Right? Be and in, in dwell this time right, with us. Yeah. Well, thank you all for tuning in and letting us fill 20 minutes of your empty space. Hopefully you have some time rest the rest of the day to just take some time of silence uh, to really just pra- put this in practice. And if you don't know what that looks like, again, reach out to us. We'll connect you with someone to, who can uh, walk with you in discipleship. Uh, our email here is rootissues at ccaspen.com. Or you can call us on, you know, look up our website, ccaspen.com and contact us however you want. Um, But we're here for you. We hope that you have a great week and we'll see you next Wednesday.